0: Houston's Star of Hope Mission brings you a moment of hope.
1: Could you spare a little
0: hope today? Hi, this is Scott Arthur. Star of Hope Mission has been in Houston for 111 years. And although I'm happy to say that most people recognize our name and know that we care for the homeless with food and shelter, that's pretty much all they know. Many Houstonians don't know that we have structured recovery programs for men and women. Programs that can last for up to a year to help our clients and residents get a job, continue their education, strengthen their faith, recover from substance abuse, and learn life skills. And even fewer people know that our services don't stop there. Star of Hope provides extended service programs, reaching out into the community as well as within Star of Hope. Services that supplement existing programs and create new ones along the way. Taking care of the homeless is more complicated than just providing three hots and a cot. And after more than a century providing for the least of these, we've learned a few things. Listen to how your Star of Hope mission goes the extra mile. Extended services, that is probably a term that most people don't associate with Star of Hope. They know that we help that guy on the street with the sign... And they know that we help people on a long-term basis, but extended services, exactly what is that? Well, today we're talking to Erica Weiss, who is the Director of Extended Services for Star of Hope. And gosh, I've known you for a long time.
1: Well, I started with Star of Hope in 1992, Scott, uh, as the case, uh, case manager at the family side of the Transitional Living Center when we were on Calhoun Street. A mm-hmm. long time ago. Uh, and then I became a manager at our Women and Family Shelter when it was on Dowling, which is now Emancipation. And I was there for the longest time, for about 13 years.
0: And it's, it's amazing, the evolution. I mean, here we are 111 years old now. And in 1907, we started with a men's shelter downtown. And then about 1987 or so, we opened up the Women and Family Emergency Shelter. And then we opened up a transitional living center for more long-term help, and now extended services. There is so much to extended services. Where do we begin?
1: Well, the extended services concept, I think, began um, also in 1990s with our, with our follow-up program. Um, but it really began with the beginnings of a program called New Horizons. We started New Horizons in 2008. And then a few years after that, we started a program called New Haven.
0: Let's start at the beginning. What is New Horizons?
1: New Horizons is a long-term program, 18 months, works with the graduates of our transitional living programs. And it just provides a little added assistance for them after they graduate our programs. And it helps them take all of the learnings that they've had while they've lived in the shelter and lived in the transitional program um, and put them to practice in real life. Um, So all of their budgeting, they learn how to budget for a new household. Um, We help them along the way um, with rental assistance, daycare assistance, uh, case management, and then some other assistance as needed with referrals for health problems, legal problems, and things like that.
0: So in the old days, when they went through the structured recovery programs at Star of Hope and they were ready to go back out into society, many times they would just end up back in the old hood, And educated as they may be, as inspired as they may be, They're now in the same old environment and they succumb to the problems and we see them at our front door again. So extended services, New Horizons is really, as you say, an extended program that reaches out and helps them not have to go back to the old hood.
1: Yes, it does. And and though some may kind of go back to the old hood or or go back to some of the areas where they can afford rent, um, it provides that added encouragement with a case manager and staff members close by. Um, to help encourage them through whatever crises they may encounter, um, and then plan and make money and get raises for more um, so that they can move out of that neighborhood.
0: So it's sort of like a graduate school.
1: Yes, similar. We call it kind of college, whereas the shelter might be elementary school, transitional Mm -hmm. housing is high school. This is kind of like college where you still have your parents there kind of helping you a little bit, (laughs) but you're out on your own in your own apartment. They have their own apartment, Scott, which is great. Um, We're able to help them furnish it through a partnership with the Houston Furniture Bank, Um, and it is their own apartment. They sign the lease, and some of them, it's their very first time ever signing a lease and being responsible for a home, Um, and it's really exciting to come alongside them.
0: And when they're in the New Horizon program, they are actually still in touch with Star of Hope.
1: They are. They have a case manager. Um, We pay a rental subsidy, but it is not all of their rent. So they do pay a portion of their rent. Uh, And that rental subsidy decreases every six months over time. And so they're paying a little bit more and becoming a little bit more responsible every six months uh, to a point where they're totally independent and they're paying their own way for everything
0: okay that's new horizons
1: that is new horizons what else you got we got new haven um which kind of came on the the radar in 2012 um which is actually when my title came on the radar too um i didn't want to be a uh, person with a long title behind my name, director of New Horizons, director of New, you know, New Haven. <laughs> your cards would be this. So day. yes, it would be a big card. Um, so I talked with my supervisor at the time, and and we were talking about my programs, talking about how they extend into the community, into apartment complexes, and so that has how we came up with the title Extended Services, uh, and then very soon after that. The follow-up program, which we renamed Jumpstart, came in under me. um, And that is similar, in a way, to New Horizons, but it's short-term. It's only a six-month program. And we, again, come alongside them with some um, incentives with helping set up their new home. Um, And typically, what I tell people, the difference between New Horizons and Jumpstart is Jumpstart is only six months, and it's for somebody who may have had their own home before. They've, they've, um, they've managed a household. Uh, they just had a momentary disruption. Maybe a hurricane took them out of their home. Um, maybe another situation caused their homelessness. But they know how to manage a home. So jumpstart is short-term. It kind of gets them kind of a jump start back into life again. Um, and New Horizons typically is for those that have probably never managed a home. They've always lived from pillow to post. Uh, maybe always lived with mom or uh, boyfriend or somebody else, and they've never known how to manage a home. So New Horizons at 18 months is longer term, really helping them understand the fundamentals of managing a home.
0: So if I'm listening to this podcast and say, listen, I'm, I'm about to be homeless, or maybe I am homeless now, and those programs sound great, how do I sign up for that? I mean, do I have to go through the entire program at Star of Hope, or can I just say, hey, I want to talk to Erica, and I want to do that Jump Start thing?
1: for jumpstart and new horizons yes we do accept referrals from our women and family development center and our men's development center Um, for our new haven program which you asked about earlier and i didn't explain what it was um, it is a permanent supportive housing program Uh, and that program is also set in apartment complexes in the city Um, and it's for singles who are chronically homeless And the referrals that we get from that come through the coordinated access system with the city um, through the Coalition for the Homeless. When someone becomes homeless, they go through a coordinated access assessment, a housing assessment, and from that assessment, they're placed on a waiting list. And we get referrals from that waiting list when we have openings in New Haven. New Haven started, uh, we moved our first people in in 2012, uh, five ladies. And it has grown now. We have two grants for that, New Haven 1 and and New Haven 2. And we have 95 units in that program for single men and women who are overcoming a crisis of homelessness. Some have been homeless for years and years and years, um, 10 years, uh, 15 years. Mm. Uh, And this is, again, some of the first apartments they've ever had, the first lease they've ever signed. And um, so permit-supportive housing is a different housing model. Um, We work with them where they are, exactly where they are. Some of our folks woke up in the morning and they were sleeping under a bridge, and in that evening, they will sleep in their own bed. Wow. Yes.
0: Now, there's a lot of paperwork involved in that and planning, so it doesn't literally happen within a 24-hour period, but...
1: It doesn't, but when we get the move-in date, Mm -hmm. our outreach case manager will go pick them up again from under that bridge and they sign their lease, and they're sleeping in their own bed that night.
0: And again, Star of Hope is constantly in touch with these people.
1: Pretty much, yeah. yes. Um, sometimes with the movement and the transient of the unsheltered homeless, we may lose contact for with them for a day or two. Um, but with our outreach case manager, we're pretty uh, certain to pick up contact again pretty quickly.
0: I, like you, have been on property when you actually take someone who has been living under a bridge for three years and bringing them to an apartment. Whether it be an efficiency, well, it's an efficiency apartment. It is basically, an efficiency. And, it, and it's it is a nice apartment. And it's probably something they haven't experienced in years and years and years. And they look around and they're quiet because it's like they're taking it all in.
1: They are taking it I all in. I think
0: they used to call it going from zero to 100. Mm-hmm. You know, literally from under the bridge to your own place. And so many different stories. I remember one story about a man who said that he kept waking up in the middle of the night and going to the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And you finally said, why is that? He said, because most of the time my food was stolen and I wanted to make sure it was still there. Yes. Or how many of the guys would actually go and and sleep on the floor instead of the bed because they weren't used to a bed Mm -hmm. or maybe even pitch a tent inside. But you have counselors there to help them get through that.
1: We do. We have case managers and we have wonderful community partners where we can refer for counseling, um, substance abuse treatment and help. Um, And just really helping them make that adjustment because it can be very difficult, Scott, to go from living on the streets and living in encampments where you didn't know from day to day if you were going to have food to now having a refrigerator with food in it and having belongings and items that belong to you. Um, They get um, a full set of dishes, brand new. They get a full set of pots and pans, brand new Mm. uh, sheets, blankets, pillows, Um, And some of these items are the first items they've ever had that were truly theirs. Um, And so it is overwhelming when they look in that apartment and I've seen people happy just to have a trash can in their kitchen. And it just really puts things into perspective for you as a staff member when you see the excitement that these folks have um, over something as simple as a trash can. But, but it's meaningful.
0: That's why I like these podcasts, because people have no idea what you just said. Mm-hmm. You know? Maybe they should be calling extended services the next step.
1: It is. It you truly know? is a next step. Um, and we work with our folks that there is even a next step after that. Um, there's a, There's another step of independence. And not all of our folks will get there, and we understand that. Um, there are some of our folks who will not be able to work and not be able to be self-sufficient, but those that are work ready and able to work, we, we get them back to work and we get them in the workforce, even though many of them have uh, mental health or physical disorders, um, they want to be a part of the community. They want to give back. They want to be um, useful and they've not found themselves useful for a long, long time. Um, so those that can, uh, will get them in the workforce and, and get them paying rent, and, and eventually they will move out on their own into their own apartment. We've had quite a few people that have done that. Wow. And we still keep in contact with them, too. I love that. Yeah.
0: How about the volunteers out there that usually help Starve Hope on a regular basis? Can they help with these programs?
1: We do have quite a few volunteers, and we have volunteers that come regularly and do a program that we call Blessed Breakfast um, and the, 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 the kind of idea around blessed breakfast is threefold. Um, many of our folks are on some kind of medication um, um, to help with emotional disorders, and they need to eat breakfast a lot of times with that medication. And again, coming from a, a place where you didn't know where your next meal was coming from, remembering to eat breakfast or, or um, having the, the stuff to eat breakfast. Um, So eating breakfast and having that meal so that they can take their morning meds is important. And then we also want them to have a positive social interaction. A lot of our folks, when they have lived out on the streets, either isolated or had just a core group of people that they maybe trusted. This gives them a positive place to interact socially. Uh, And then many of our groups also do a spiritual devotion. And so they get a little bit of spiritual food, too, at that blessed breakfast. And Mm. so we're really pleased to be able to offer that. Um, We want to have it um, six days a week, every day but Sunday. We have about six or eight groups that come often every other Saturday or the second Saturday of the month. And that is an opportunity for many groups to come and do that.
0: We're talking to Erica Weiss, who is the Director of Extended Services here at Star of Hope. I want to circle back for a second. You were talking about... um some cases where the counselor or the case manager will bring someone in off the street. That's a program of extended services as well, isn't it?
1: It is. It's our love and action ministry. Uh, We have our love and action van goes out five days a week. Um, The hours vary depending on what the needs are for that day. Uh, But our outreach case manager um, has a caseload of anywhere from 40 to 50 and uh, he impacts and engages with them where they are if they're living under a bridge that's typically where he meets them if they're in an encampment he tries to meet them there his main duty is to engage and develop a rapport Um, because a lot of the folks on the street um, living under bridges a lot of the folks that you see panhandling uh, have been out there for many many years and people have made them promises for many many years that have not been fulfilled and so they have a very very thin level of trust And so when our outreach case manager, Ken, goes out, he takes hope bags, which are hygiene kits, um, and uh, water on a hot day. A cold bottle of water is amazing. Uh, And he sits with them and he just sits with them and talks and finds out what their needs are. What are your health needs? Uh, And he begins to Uh, develop a rapport and a relationship to where they really, truly trust him. And then when he starts to speak positive things into their lives, like maybe going to a shelter or getting a health checkup um, or being available when we have medical outreach on Tuesdays and Thursdays to see the doctor or the med students or the physician's assistant that comes out, they will trust him now because he's developed a rapport and a communication with them to be there at those appointments.
0: And I I have spoken to Ken on many occasions, and I found out that it used to be where he would spend almost all his time talking to the people on the streets or under the bridges, but now at least half his week is doing paperwork or transferring people into their own apartments and changing lives.
1: Yes, it has gotten very busy. Um, We just had a new um, permanent supportive housing program open up, and he's been busy getting folks approved for vouchers. Uh, and moved into that new place. Um, navigating is part of his pro- uh, part of his job description. Um, and at times during the year, it can kind of overwhelm his week. Um, but again, he's taking those folks that are living on the streets. Again, he'll pick mm-hmm. them up in the morning, they'll be under the bridge. And by that night, they'll be in their own apartment with food and all the amenities of having their own home.
0: Just amazing.
1: Last year he housed, he helped house uh, over 105 individuals wow. in permanent supportive housing and rapid rehousing.
0: Literally from the street to suite, as they say. Pretty
1: much, yes. That's great. Yes.
0: So much that Star of Hope does that people don't even know about. Yes. How big is your staff?
1: Um, right now I have about 16 um, working for me. Um, we just Got approval to start our new Heights program. I know that's a lot of news and a lot of H's. um, But our new Heights program is now uh, going to be permit supportive housing now for families in uh, one, two, and three bedroom apartments. Our same housing partner with the New Haven program has built a 187-unit apartment complex uh, down at Cornerstone uh, Community at Reed Road, uh, where we have our Women and Family Development Center. And a portion of those apartments are dedicated to what they call project-based vouchers, uh, housing vouchers. And we are coming alongside New Hope Housing to provide supportive services for those 117 units. So those families will be able to see the same success that we've seen from uh, our New Haven um, participants.
0: Erica Wise, the Director of Extended Services for Star of Hope, thanks for your time.
1: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: Well, I hope you learned something. And more importantly, I hope you'll share this information with a friend and let them know how many ways Star of Hope provides for more than a 1,000 homeless men, women, and children every day. By the way, the hotline number Erica was referring to is 713-748-0700. That's 713-748-0700. Call at any time for help or to contact someone at Star of Hope. For more information and videos of changed lives, visit SOHmission.org. Well, that's all for now. Until next time, keep a soul full of joy and a heart filled with hope. A Moment of Hope is produced and presented by the Star of Hope Mission. Ending homelessness one life, one family at a time. By providing services to more than 1,000 homeless men, women, and children each day in Houston.
1: Could you spend-